0: What is going on, y'all? It is Tuesday, uh, and we are back with another edition of the Hold That Podcast podcast. T-Bob Abair and Brody Miller hanging out with you. Uh, Brody, what's going on, man?
1: Not too much, man. Another top 10 game here. Another busy week in Baton Rouge.
0: Another top 10 game. Um, me and Brody just talked a lot of Star Wars. A, a lot. lot of, we're
1: starting late today, but that's okay. A lot of
0: Watchmen. Um, that's what me. I mean. Uh, no, it was like our just, warm up. That yeah. was our
1: calisthenics to get going. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um We're in talking mood now. Maybe check out The Watchmen though.
0: I'm not I'm not like hundred percent sure that I can just recommend it to anybody, but
1: I'm in. If nothing
0: else, it was a very intriguing first episode. Like I'm definitely gonna keep
1: watching. I'm wholeheartedly in. Yeah. And Big Lindelof clear. guy though.
0: Yeah, it's Lindelof who's lost, who's uh who's leftovers. Um what else is Lindelof? And he's done a-
1: well, he's done some movies. He did the first of the alien prequels, I forget what it was called. Uh Prometheus? Yeah, he did Prometheus which I think is actually underrated.
0: Um, very visually appealing.
1: I thought there was some cool stuff going on. I, I think Michael had, Fassbender I character think is some, incredible.
0: Yes, he's great. I think they had some high concepts. I don't know if they hit all the marks. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but whatever. It's Lindelof. And so if you like those shows,
1: you'll probably love Watchmen. him. But it's very cool. and, and Maybe not if ordering. you're a big Don Johnson guy. Though. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to get into the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that. Yeah. That was trying to be subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I love Don Johnson, though. Huge Uh, Don Johnson To be fair. Um, What was I going to say about watching? Oh, in case you're wondering, it is set after the comic book and not the Zack Snyder movie. Though I enjoy both, I think that's the correct choice. So just a little point reference. Go check it out if you're into that sort of thing, and I thought the new Star Wars trailer was awesome. But it's not what we are here to talk about. We are here to talk about LSU football. Yeah, man. And um, real quick, get this out of the way, Uh, buy all of your meats from A-Bear Specialty Meats off of Jefferson Highway or in Prairieville and uh, go sign up for The Athletic, uh, where you can see all of Brody's work. It is spectacular. He just put up an article about Cade York this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I- yeah. I've not been able to read it yet, uh, oh, good. but we will discuss it today. Yeah. Um, so go sign up for The Athletic and buy your meats at A-Bear Specialty Meats. Now, let's get into this thing, Brody. Um, there's a lot of different areas in where we could start.
1: I guess um, I want to start talking about LSU's offense last Saturday against Mississippi State.
0: Perfect, because it's weird, because uh, a lot of people um, are are saying that th- th- this was an off day for LSU's offense.
1: And and how do you feel about that? I mean, it was, of course, I'm not arguing that. And like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow would point to just overall sloppiness, and he's not wrong. I mean, yeah, there was he missed some throws low, Chase dropped some passes. There was some weird sloppiness, sure. Blocking didn't look as good as it did against Florida. But I I don't have this on, like, great authority. I don't have this confirmed or anything like that. But you just look at the stuff LSU did, and I'm sorry. I I really lean toward the belief that they were not they were going really vanilla. It was a more conservative game plan. <laughs> and they were just doing things they would never normally do. Not never, but don't really make sense. Are you
0: talking about some of the Max Protect stuff? or did A, you a combination of...
1: The max protects and the or
0: just maybe not even max protects and not, the right? bunch just formations and like
1: running straight into ten man boxes within bunch and not that they never run out a bunch I don't want to say that but like they were committing to it just I just think they were trying to put a lot of stuff on film to throw off these next two opponents that are and, and, and they knew even with this they probably could win this game that's not a criticism. I think it's probably smart especially if you still won by you were up thirty six seven yeah like but I really think. I just firmly believe that because then look at it. This like you know they were running these green dog blitzes where they wait and see if the running backs and pass protect and they yeah. would, they would attack and they had a ton of success with that. And I think if LSU was really trying to attack, they probably knew right away because they all they said we knew this was coming. They said yeah we knew they were going to do these blitzes. We didn't know how much I guess, but like they all said yeah we expected that yeah. They know, and they even said, yeah, we know that when you do that, the best way to stop that is spread them out. We're going to see if they're in zone and man. We, you can't do that. And we, we had success. And eventually they did do that, right? <laughs> the, I mean, second it got, yeah. the second it got a little hairy, like they actually had to be like, all right, let's turn it on for a second. They went spread, went two minute drill, and they, thr- they scored like three, I want to say three touchdowns in a row. I, mean, I just don't think this is, I really think they just kind of went vanilla to not show anything or to mess or put different things on film, and they were fine.
0: It is it is crazy to think that we live in this era of LSU offensive football where not only can they kind of pick and choose tempos, but they can almost pick and choose styles of play. Yeah. Uh, you even heard Ogeron talking about it Monday where it's like, well, if we need to hold on to the ball a bit more, then we can hold on to the ball a bit more. <laughs> but if we're rolling and we're just scoring fast and we're just going to roll, we're going to score fast. Like, this LSU offense right now is performing at such a high level that um, they're kind of like an amorphous blob. Like, there seems um, to be no great way to stop them the best because way of their it. personnel. They It seems like they can adapt to any situation at hand. And your film breakdown does a really good job of highlighting formationally that, yeah, at the beginning, it was almost all bunch.
1: Like, I think it was 90% going into that last two-minute drive. Wow. And,
0: and, and, and they, they run like, it a
1: lot. I want to be very clear. They do run bunch a lot, but yes. not 90%. Like, in the half-ish an range. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, and yeah, and what that led to was a lot of, like, 10- and 11-man boxes. Um and, and then, and then as you said, when they had to kind of hit the gas pedal a little more and they wanted to have been more successful, they start spreading them out again. And lo and behold, they end up doing it. Mm, just had no problem, yeah. Very well. Uh, so, so my, my, what is the, um, what is that quote? The rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Isn't there something? I don't know that you one. You don't know that one? Am I making I'll trust up? you. I'm all in on it. Am I making this up? There's something there. Either way, um. The rumors of LSU's offensive struggles, in my opinion, from this game have been greatly exaggerated, and almost specifically in the red zone, right? Like,
1: by the way, it's a Mark Twain thing, so yeah. Uh, oh, it is.
0: Yeah. Okay, there you go. Good work, man. Um, you're,
1: you're well. You're a learned man. Well, you know,
0: general studies, bro.
1: Like I said, I, I, you know, a little bit about everything.
0: I just have a thirst for general knowledge. Um. Which is why I knew the quote, but didn't know it was Twain.
1: Right? And I don't want to go. I don't <laughs> that is go, the perfect summation of what a general studies. I don't want yeah, like, to go too deep. In I anything. know. Let's I know clear. the quote, not who said it. Yeah,
0: let's be clear now. Uh, but but yeah, like so, I had an Alabama buddy who happens to also he's one of my best friends since second grade. He happens to also be an orthopedic surgeon, and he happens to also uh, be an Alabama grad. So I actually got into the two of surgery with him as well, and he oh, was nice. kind of explaining things to me, but. He, so we're playing WoW together, and he's like, uh, so, I mean, uh, LSU's offense uh, showed a little weakness in the red zone. Huh? That's a good and impression I'm like, of him. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody come at me with red zone struggles with the team that going into this game was 34 of 34 with 29 touchdowns. This is the exception, not the rule. So if you're going to ask me if LSU has a good red zone offense, I'm going to say, yes, they have one of the top five red zone offices in the entire country. I don't care that they kicked three field goals in a row on the road against Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, considering the week before they played the best red zone defense in football by a wide margin. Florida's red zone defense was
0: off the Phenomenal. charts
1: unreal, and they scored at will in the red zone against them. So I just don't think you can really make wow. too much of anything offense. I mean, yeah, he's right about – like, Joe Burrow is right. There was sloppiness. I'm not arguing that. And, and I did see a little – you know the offensive line did get blown up on a defensive line that hasn't even been great this year a few times. So okay, so now, I, I now, I'm not going to say it played badly. It just wasn't. You know. I, did,
0: I I I kind of turned it off honestly when I was rewatching the film. I um I got distracted by something. I never came back to it. But uh, I stopped after LSU made it like thirty six to seven or whatever it was. Oh yeah, same. Man. And up until that point, I didn't see. I I don't really remember the offensive line getting blown up too bad. I remember one play where Ed Ingram got a bit over his skis. And and, and even yeah. talked about that. He's playing a little top heavy right now, a little over aggressive. Um,
1: yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying they played bad. I'm just saying, like, yeah, there were like three or four plays that come to my mind where, like, yeah, maybe, like, Lloyd got blown up on one near the goal line. Or that's true. And, Thaddeus and, and, Moss missed one really bad in the red zone. You know, but, like, I don't want to. Cl- they played fine. Yeah, you had a couple sacks
0: from some misidentified protections, yeah. Not maybe not passing off guys as. Cr- as you should have
1: my my comment is more that like against the against Florida they look borderline perfect. And yeah, now, and now they just went back to what they were the first 5 weeks, which is a solid offensive That's line, true. which That's is true. good enough. And
0: and it's, you know, it's is it any coincidence though? This is not one to one because um Rosenthal had 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 a pretty good game, but like, oh, you know, yeah. when when you go from Charles to Rosenthal, it's probably always going to look just a a a a little bit different. Um, nah,
1: no, I, I completely kind of glossed over that. So good point.
0: Yeah, I the, the guy that I still impressed with. I'm I'm impressed with the continued rise, of Adrian McGee. And it's weird and, and, because and, still, just like visually, he doesn't look super athletic, but he's playing well. And Ed Ingram's kind of the opposite, where visually Ed Ingram looks like he's so just athletic, somebody. like like when he has a good block, you're like, oh shit, like this guy is going to be it but then he has other plays where he is over his skis and he is a little aggressive i actually talked to lloyd yesterday oh, yeah. about uh mcgee and it, it was interesting because in the same way that we've been constantly trying to bench or i'll speak for myself the same way that i've been constantly trying to bench mcgee i was constantly trying to bench cushionberry before last yeah. season started like where he is and lloyd is like yeah that's you know it's kind of the same thing as agent i always knew he's going to get to this point huh. and, and now mcgee's playing very well um he showed a lot of improvement, pass blocking, run blocking, and uh yeah, you're seeing it pay dividends. Not saying he's perfect. And yeah. and 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 I still love that you have Ed Ingram back, but McGee's improvement through the year has been one of the more impressive players to me.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to pick your brain on that because you and I were pretty vocal the first what four weeks of the season that yeah. like Adrian McGee. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he flat out didn't look good. Like he was a clear weakness, and then the second Ed Ingram came back, I mean he looked like yeah, a mean- different player.
0: It's amazing what uh a little fire under your ass can do. Yeah, I was
1: going to say that's why I was asking you. Yeah, I, like what do you think the difference is? Do you think it's as simple as that? No, it's
0: it's that's probably cuz that,
1: those things can be a little cornyish. Yeah, and,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think that's probably unfair to him cuz it's not like all of a sudden he's just like, "Oh, I'm going to work harder." Yeah, like, no, I don't think that. The guy was obviously already working his ass off. Uh sometimes that stuff can be hard to put a thumb on. Okay. Sometimes you're just um you're just in the zone. Now, to act like Ed Ingram is not a factor, I think, is also uh, – I think that would also be missing the mark. I just don't know if it's as easy as like, oh, well, I'm going to work a little extra harder, yeah. and now I'm great. I think it's almost – that is almost a more subconscious level. Like, you're just kind of in the back of your mind. Maybe it just ratchets things up a bit. Um, but, but, but maybe it just started to click, right? Like, like, when's the last time that Adrian McGee had this much uninterrupted playing time? Because even last year he was constantly yep. in and out. Yep. Right. I mean, because Jason Hines he was so started right tackle that job. goes
1: out first half against yep. Miami. Yep. Comes back, then he's like just plug and play at different spots when they're Auburn desperate. Got
0: taken out after the first series. Yep. Um. Oh, yeah. And and so maybe it's that simple, right? He got four or five games in a row. You get more and more comfortable. You're older, stronger, and next thing you know, he's. Starting to play some confidence, and and then so when you have a game like he did against Vanderbilt, I think then he almost started carrying himself in a different way, and then that huh. doubled down against Florida, and so he to me he looks like a guy who's just in the zone right now, and you hear athletes talk about that, but um, I think I think it, I think it's real, and and so he's playing very good football, and. Ozron backed that up when I asked about it yeah, on Monday. Yeah, it
1: was a great answer. Said that it's
0: been one of the more impressive rises that he's seen during the year. So Because
1: he's the guy who literally the second Ed Ingram got reinstated, Ed Ingram, I mean, Ed Ozron was not hiding yes. the fact. He's like, yeah, I expected Ingram to start. He never, never once hit it. That, and and he, that's and, and unlike Ogeron him, by, even, by the way.
0: Ozron even opened up on that Monday. Talking about, yep. And coaches don't do this normally. I love two answers from Ozron on Monday. I love that one because I ask the best questions. I have all the best questions with all the best. Idea words. guy. And Ogeron um, was like, yeah, man, I thought Ingram was going to start. But Adrian McGee keeps playing really well. And I'm like, wow, that's really honest. You don't normally get that. The other honest answer I loved, I think Ed Helms asked about buying in.
1: At Daniels? Uh, At Daniels. Not the the star of the hangover.
0: (laughs) Daniels, excuse me. Uh but uh, yeah, that's funny. I've been uh, wondering why Ed
1: Helms has been around practice lately. It was really <laughs> weird. Yeah, I'm so pumped to meet him. Big football guy.
0: No, but 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 yeah, no. So Ed Daniels asked me, though, know, when did the team buy into Burrow last year? And and yeah. when he asked that question, I expected a stock answer. I yep. expected like, uh, oh, well, you know what happened in camp, or, or Joe's been a leader nope. since day one.
1: And he said the Georgia game. Yep, I did that story in July on. You know how Ed and Joe like had to bet on each other to get where they are, and like they were both like pretty much at the crossroads of their careers. So yeah, we, and you know I I did the same thing, and he was like, I was. It was interesting to hear him give the same answer because he was mm. fed the Auburn answer, right? It was one of those things where like he was directing him toward saying Auburn.
0: Yes, Ed was <laughs> yes, and, and, that, and, and that outside <laughs> looking in. I mean, if it wasn't Miami. Yeah, I thought for sure it would have been Auburn because that's just what you expect. But
1: to hear, yeah. And he said, he's like, and even then he was went out of his way to correct me because I thought it was some other time. And he was, excited I had an example in mind. And he's like, no, it was the Georgia game. And remember, the Georgia game was the game where he ran in. I Am I wrong to say he ran in three, like he had three rushing touchdowns? At least two. Uh, I'm not entirely. Because there were like two different goal line ones. Yeah, and I yeah. want to say maybe even three, but probably two. And he had some
0: big fourth down uh conversions. And that was rushing. the game where he
1: ran up on the on the stand on the like bleacher or the bench and like was yep. beating his chest saying, This is my effing house. Yep, yep. So yep. I think that I think there's a validity to that. But anyway, we got
0: I I I distracted us because I started. No, it was an O's interesting run, an, thing. Because
1: answers. you're so right that Ed Ed Ogeron's not somebody who is ever going he's gonna play it careful with those positional things most of the time. Yeah. Speaking of the left guard thing. And he's you know, he never would normally be like I think Ed Ingram's going to start, but he when he lies a guy though, he loves his guys. Yes. You know, and Ed all coaches do. Yeah. And for, so he was outright surprised. And it
0: is interesting because if we really want to like read between the lines and look at all the sound that we've had over this season, it feels to me like Insminger and Brady or Craig or somebody on the offensive side is the one banging the drum for McGee. Yeah. Because I remember a couple weeks ago where he had an answer where he was like, well, you know, I thought Ed was going to start, but... Yeah, it was really subtle, Innswinger yeah. Enzinger said, uh, said they were going to roll with McGee, so that's what we're doing. And, and, and McGee um, rewarded that confidence. So, like, if I'm going to be critical of a guy, I just want to always make sure to give credit when that guy is then performing and Adrian McGee is performing. So, shout out to Adrian McGee. Um, so, you wanted to start offensively. Okay. I think where I would want to start, if after watching this film... I just want to get that off my chest. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely, because, <laughs> no, there is a misconception. I think there's a disconnect between what the offense did and how a lot of people feel about the offense. And also, it's a fascinating case study of how quickly you can become spoiled. Yep. Like, as a fan base. Like, I mean, you would have loved this Mississippi State performance.
1: Yep, uh, true. And like, and like, six weeks 25 ago. of 32 for 327 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yards. Are you kidding me? And that was disappointing. Even, like, the running game didn't look great. Clyde had 11 carries for 53 yards. That's nearly five a carry. While running Clyde's, into massive boxes, Clyde's a beast.
0: Yeah, they literally had 11 in the box because of your formation. You were, you know, yeah. allowing them to. But Clyde on that double juke, where, oh, yeah. where he hit, it was like the Madden juke stick where he a little bah, left, bah, bah, right. And it was like bam, bam, quick footwork, masterful. Um, I love Clyde Edwards Clyde's the goods. He continues to be the goods. Um, so I, I would maybe start here. Um, I think they fully have figured out how to use Stevens and Delpit now, or 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 maybe they're still finding their way. But it was super effective this game.
1: Yeah, and I agree in general that it does fi- seem like they're figuring out the balance. I have two th- things I would say though. Yeah, no, hit me with it. One, I just wonder these are two, and I don't know the answer. I'm just you know, it's just spitballing because we don't know. I think we'll find out. I don't even know if we'll really know the answer till Bama to Obama. We'll see how they use them, but. They just played two straight quarterbacks. They didn't think could challenge him downfield, and right. that's when they played two straight games where Delpit's down the box. Delpit and Stevens are both down the box more. They don't. They don't need him deep against Garrett Schrader. They just don't. So I wonder how much that's factor. But I also wonder. And then you also have I think maybe they just learned some lessons. But then there's also like that little bit of that slight conspiracy mode I like to get sometimes where Dave Raina likes to keep things in the in his back pocket yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I wonder if the season it was kind of a save certain things, save certain things, save certain things and then right now you're getting this gauntlet when you're really going to need those guys. Now you like Grant play like Grant. Maybe you know, I, so. I wonder. I don't know. Maybe so. A lot of, I, lot of options.
0: It's always, you know, that, that stuff's always so tough for me to judge outside looking in, not being a coach in those game-planning yep. rules because they're always going to give you the bullshit answer that they're going all out every weekend to win every weekend, yep. right? So I would love for, like, some retired coach to actually talk about situations in which, like, no, we purposely kind of... We purposely put blinders, or we, you know, we purposely put like a governor. We, we, you know, we we artificially held back in this regard so that we could bust it out here. And I'd love to see where the, you know, how often that is done. Yeah. Um. So, so what, what I saw, yes, they played both of them in the box a lot. Uh, they brought Grant off the edge a lot this game, but they played. I mean, they played quite a bit of Jacoby at that yeah. single high safety. So I agree with you that it's easy to do that against Schroeder. Uh, and it's easy, even easy to do that against Bo Nix. Like, yeah. they're not going to beat you. Uh, Kyle trusted did way better than you thought he would. So, yeah. do you think that they trust Jacoby Stevens as that single high guy against an Alabama?
1: Yeah, and that's what I want to say, like, everything I just said is a little bit of just like I'm devil's advocate i I'm trying to figure out what I think mode. Yeah. But it does deserve tons of credit for what I think they have figured out there. And I think the answer to this is exactly like you said. I think Jacoby Stevens has made some really good improvements. and. In- in pass coverage in right? and and t- it's not that he was ever bad and he had a really interesting answer he wasn't great but he had a really interesting answer saturday that's like people see me as a you know he's a 228 pound big state. dude he is <laughs> he's a big individual and it's like i almost wonder if a little bit and maybe we're just ignorant that maybe it was a little bit of perception and a little bit of you just see this guy who was a linebacker hybrid and you assume but he did have his mess ups last year and they and the coaches clearly didn't trust him back there which speaks more than anything yeah and you know he. Texas beat him up pretty good, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. So I, I, he did. He is did something to prove on, but right now he's got two picks. I have some sports info uh, analytics stats here. Oh, uh, and this is from who? <laughs> sports in uh, sports info sports, yeah, sports info solutions. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> the athletic pays for this, and it's really great stuff. I thought it was your guy.
0: Uh, this is not from. your Well, gym. this is from
1: my ed- Jason Starrett, oh, okay, uh, my editor, who Starrett. always give a shout out to him. He's incredible. He gathers all these stats for us. But okay, cool. It's from Sports Info S- Solutions and. Teams are completing seven of fifteen on Owen Stevens as the target, uh, which is always tricky because you never know if it's zone or man or what's going on there. But, but I think the more important thing is uh, the yards per attempt on Stevens is three point nine. Okay, so yeah. which is the lowest of That's any. Terrible. Ever. That's the lowest. That of means any- The
0: ones that are being completed are a lot of check down type <laughs> of situations that he is uh, tackling then immediately.
1: He, it's the lowest of any LSU defensive back, even oh, like wow. even Stingley. So. <laughs> And and he and he always talks. He's talked a lot about the last three weeks, and he's one of the best people to talk to because he does love getting deep and analytical with he's you. He's so good at media, too. And he was saying, he's like, I think teams isolate me a lot and try to take advantage of me. And LSU can probably almost use that, you know, like if that's where you think. I have a story coming Thursday about how teams are trying to beat LSU in the past game with those two outside corners that you can't beat. And, I know,
0: I love that they had to test Fulton this week. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it's like, fascinating. It's like, nah, son, he ain't coming here either. <laughs> and, it, it, and this is a long-winded
1: thing to say that, yeah, I think Steven's stepping up because he has he's had two straight, maybe even three straight games where he's looked really good. And I'd say even go back to Vanderbilt, right? He's, yeah. he's looked good At there. That
0: first pick, that he a crazy pick. And, and it's not just the picks, but yeah. his, two, his picks have been impressive.
1: He's had some nice just locked lock man coverage I've seen. So, yeah, he's looked better, and that frees you up to let Delpit do what he does. And when Delpit's doing that, Stevens is good at it, too. I want to be clear. That's Stevens' calling card is playing down the box, and he's good at it. But Grant Delpit Delpit's is a better, overwhelming, like, Tyron yeah. Matthew-esque game changer down there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you saw it. And some great calls um, by Aranda as well. His timing this last game was impeccable. Yeah. Like, like there was one time where Mississippi State, on the fumble, on the Richard Lawrence fumble, um, yeah. they want to run a, a zone read, and yet Aranda calls a corner blitz to where, yes, the defensive end crashes down, but then you can't pull the ball because <laughs> the corner's outside. Like, it was just yeah. – so, so Aranda was in the zone this last game. There were two or three times where it was like a video game where when you have the perfect call on, you automatically have a good result. Uh, but but a lot of that was because they're getting more aggressive with Delpit. Uh, they brought him off the edge a lot. They're getting him in the box. And Jacoby Stevens has freed that up. But there were even some looks where they had Stevens and Delpit at too high. Yep. And, and, so, and so this is why I say this is my first takeaway because – if Stevens and I guess we'll we'll learn, but if he really has become that solid coverage guy he's, he's good enough, then all of a sudden both can do both, yep, right, So it's really hard to game plan for because that opens up so many different avenues and and it's 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 an all sports if you're one dimensional, you are easier to plan for, and so if Stevens and Delva can both play coverage, can both play in the box. You can play him too high. You can play single high. You can bring him both in the box and just play man cover zero. Like, there is so much shit that you can do with that safety combo. And it feels like finally we're starting to see some of it. So, and then the, the other,
1: looking forward to where it goes. And then the other piece you have to tack on to that is that, you know, you mentioned cover zero and whatnot. Like, you can't do that if your man coverage isn't as good as LSU's is. And they have two of the best, I don't think it's crazy to say, you know, top two at least, you know, man, you know, outside man cover corner tandem's in college football and stingley and fulton right now so you can't do that if you don't have those guys you can really trust in man and Kerry vincent as much criticism it gets a pretty solid man corner like slot nickel yeah. corner he's not great but he's good and so i mean that, that frees everything up and no, everything you said i think is completely right and then the only thing i want to add is that you know you mentioned that he Miranda he, he, was calling such a perfect game and also goes back to you know, we we're saying about maybe he's he was saving some stuff with Delpit and Grant Delpit had a comment after the game. that's like I forget the exact quote, but it was like, like, I, I, I love when Coach Aranda gets creative because that's when the genius comes out. Yeah, and, he's yeah, still, and he said he's like, I think that's exactly and he what said, was. And he said he's still got a lot of stuff in the bag that we haven't seen yet. Like, he's still got a lot he's saving. And Dave Aranda talked, we talked about this, I think, two weeks ago. Aranda talked to us a le- length in the summer about the growth he's made in terms of learning how to have more adjustments. His thing was he used to be a very base oriented coach coming from yeah. the Big Ten. We're going to beat you with our fundamentals. And now he he's learned from the Jimbo game and from, from probably from Mullen, too, that you, Mullen, definitely give you need to have more checks. You need to have more adjustments for what they're doing because they're going to have beaters for everything you're lined up in, so you need to have your own adjustments. So I think now he has a much bigger playbook than he did when he came here year one, and I think you're going to see these next few weeks him actually start to use things that he saved. it's pretty fascinating, man. Um... Nobody fascinates me more than Dave Miranda. I'm always – so, but that and, and
0: and that's where I go back to like, I just want to be a fly on the wall because a game like Florida, you have to go all in for a game like Florida, but it kind of doesn't feel like they went all in yeah. for a game like Florida.
1: Because, as you said, and you know, as Jacoby told you, they went heavy zone because they thought they could
0: they thought they could just chill, play base, that Trask would screw up, they'd be good to go. Now, obviously, it didn't
1: happen, and they adjusted great adjustments, but. Yeah, I, I mean, do go back to like, ugh, can you play man you against Bama? Store? I don't know. Can don't you know. play man against Bama? They're they're great in man. You but should have as good rec- of a
0: chance as anybody else, right? I mean, like, I now, if I anyone if could, yeah, yeah see, like if anyone could, LSU should be able to. But can anyone is uh, is the
1: question? Because those receivers, that, I mean, as much as we talk about LSU's Bama's receivers are still probably the best in the country. And if two is healthy, I mean. They know how to Is it. Is there a gap there? Well, you know what? I don't know. I don't,
0: I don't, I yeah. don't want to get into Alabama yet because we're going to have so much time to talk about Alabama. Yeah. And we're going to beat that horse to death, rejuvenate it, and then kill its ass again. So we'll leave that for now. Um, yeah. Good call. Um, we, can move to, we can move to Auburn. One thing. Well, before we get to Auburn, nothing I wanted to highlight. So the safeties played great. Um, I thought the D-line rotation looks really damn solid I right completely now. Completely agree. Everybody made plays. Nice to see Michael Divinity back on the edge. He had a really big impact. Tyler Shelvin becomes more s- of a problem every week. Did you see the triple team? Yes. Yes. The triple team was great. He tweeted it out. It's like not one, not two, but three. Um, because that's dude. Tyler Shelvin one on one right now, and that was a damn good center. Darrell Williams is an NFL player. We had Mike DeTilly on NFL Scout before the uh before but before the game on Eagle Game Day. And the one guy he talked about from Mississippi State was Darrell Williams. He's really good. And Tyler Shelvin was bench-pressing him into the backfield. Like, Tyler Shelvin's a problem.
1: Like that uh, that uh, the Grant Delpit uh, third-and-one stuff. Oh Grant Delpit made an God. incredible play. Grant Delpit made the play. On, but Shelvin blew back in the center back three <laughs> yards into the backfield and then set Delpit up for the play. I mean, it's almost like remember last year there was like a two, maybe I'll get I'll get method out three game stretch maybe where Ed Alexander like looked like a game changer in the middle. Yeah. The Georgia game comes to mind. Yes. Like two games after that, Ed Alexander looked like a game changer. Tyler Shelvin's looked like, but you can never count on Ed Alexander do that for a long period of time, whether it be injuries, weight, whatever. Tyler Shelvin's doing it for long stretches of time, and then you also have Apuika, who's you know he's getting healthier and his time's starting to increase a little bit. So now you can keep Shelvin fresh to go back at everything you're saying on the D-line I mean Logan Lawrence are back in the starting rota- rotation Shelvin looks like a freak Fahogo he- had a great TFL Fahoko had two big plays uh Neil Farrell has I mean if you're looking at the whole season Neil Farrell's it's him or Shelvin has been the best defensive lineman yeah. on the team and he's your seventh guy sixth guy probably and sixth. Then
0: Justin Thomas is he's, they view him as one of their best pass.
1: yeah he, they say he's the best D-lineman right of the of the pass rushing. Of the pass rushing theory, d line. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, I think they like Thomas's level of play the most right now. So, so, a lot
1: of credit to Bill Johnson and Ed Ogeron, and also just those injuries. I mean, I always go back to injuries can help in a weird way, man. I yeah, really, no, 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 I agree. Because
0: it, sometimes you uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. These coaches may not would have not worked as much of a rotation had they not been forced to. And because they were forced to, they were like, oh, you know what, these guys are actually better than we thought. Now we can play seven different guys and we can stay fresh into the
1: fourth. And it goes back to also the the offensive line, the way they've had to, you know, with the different suspension things going on or different little injury things. You got I mean, I don't we'll find out in the long run if it works out with Dare Rosenthal. We don't know, but I mean he is such a massive high upside guy they've talked about for two years yeah. now, is just like he is the prototypical superstar well, left he's tackle. Got a lot of improvement. And that's the thing. It can't be understated how as frustrating it is for a lot of people that Sadiq Charles has been coach's decision yeah. and been going to miss you know he's missed a lot of time it can't be understated that it's almost this incredible growth tool that oh you just have the luxury of just like sliding in your your you know high upside but really raw left tackle and give him game time and sec games that's going to pay dividends down the road one would assume and yeah and maybe by 2021 he's a star left tackle I don't know
0: no and and I think the potential's there because he looked well to be fair, he looked last year like a guy who switched O line during camp. Absolutely. Uh, even early,
1: I heard even in camp he looked like that this year. Or even in spring he looked like that.
0: And, and at the beginning, and in our first time we saw him this year, he did yeah. not look great. He too. could not get
1: to the second level. Yeah,
0: you've seen market improvement, so for sure I think that um, it's been good for Rosenthal. No, obviously having Sadiq, I mean, Sadiq looked next level against Florida. So he did, hundred percent. We'll we'll see though. Uh, This Auburn defensive line, I think, is going to be tougher. Okay, last game notes here. Um, (laughs) Offensive line. I thought, like we talked about them a bit. I love Thad Moss. I mean, just reinforce that once again.
1: Um, He's been
0: a true tight end, ass kicking blocker. I really am getting annoyed that. I hate
1: that this podcast has turned into so positive. I I need some negative things to say because it does feel like I'm turning into just a. It sounds like I'm just like a fanboy, but things are so good right now. It's hard to really criticize much. But uh, well, that's that, just me having to rationalize no, no, myself. No, but that
0: is no, that is something that I noticed at the press conference yesterday. Is Ogeron um, seems to be fighting back against just how positive the lines of questioning are right now. But 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 it's only natural, right? When a team is number two in the country, scoring fifty points a game, putting together a flawless performance against a top ten team against Florida, like the questioning in nature is going to be positive. So I thought you saw a couple times yesterday where he kind of tried to knock people down just a little 100%. bit back to earth. Like My quarterback
1: when- question, remember? He was like, yeah, but Stingley saw what it's like when teams challenge him. Yes, uh, yeah, like- yes.
0: And then and then when I asked about the interior yeah. offensive line, yes, he gave Adrian McGee a lot of credit and, yeah. and, and D. Lou, but then he also did say, you know, those guys aren't playing great, yeah. but they're playing very good. And so, yeah, and so he is, I think he's trying, you know, if he's acting like that with us, then you know he's in that room trying to keep these guys humble. Like, they are coaching like, the shit out of them.
1: Like, right? last year you had to get all these guys rah-rah because nobody believed in them, yes. and, you, and then this year you have to bring them down a little. That's Obviously what Saban's problem. the best at. Yeah. Um, you got to shit on him a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, but the reason I even said that at qualifiers, like we always talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the most underrated player on this football team. Thad Moss is probably right behind him because he's been a really good blocker, which nobody – we talked about it a ton last week, so we don't need to say it anymore, but he's been a great blocker. You a really good game receiving, which, by the way, going back to the Vanilla thing, you know what the best example of them being Vanilla was? No. They called the same play two plays in a row and got 24 and 22 yards <laughs> at that loss. The same exact <laughs> That's play. True. That's true. You want to talk yeah. about Vanilla? Or I talked to Seth Galina, who does incredible stuff, and he was saying well, like- Oh,
0: Seth Galina <laughs> went viral today. Did you see that? I did, and then someone stole it. He broke. Yeah, he broke down a-, uh, <laughs> a Mitch, Tr- Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is so bad. <laughs> Seth does great film breakdowns on Twitter, and- he broke down Mitch Trubisky just absolutely blowing like the most basic RPO <laughs> in the game and uh it's really bad
1: but Seth pointed I would feel out to me it's terrible
0: if i was a bears fan and my team drafted traded up to draft Mitchell Trubisky and over Sean Watson in and memo and <laughs> i the
1: way i hate see i hate the game of being of using the players that got picked in the spots as proof of how bad a trade is cuz that's really unfair because that's not how that works. Like, at the time, that's just an empty pick. You don't know how good that guy's going to be. Because if Trubisky looked great, it would be a Yeah, but guess what? But it was Scouts. Solomon Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And that's the everyone knew Solomon Thomas was Oh, you're great. talking about what the assets
0: they gave up, who they ended up turning into.
1: Yeah, because also, didn't they just trade up from three to two? Yes, but they gave up a lot. And... But also I hate when people use the Mahomes Watson thing because guess what? They went like what, eleventh and fourteenth or twelfth and fourteenth? Yeah. Nobody was sold on them. They fell that far. Don't like it's not fair to be well, like Well, but it's
0: not fair. No, but it's uh, the It's like when everyone's like, Man,
1: I was just about to pick Draymond Green. I was just about to. Wait, oh, really? In
0: the same breath, though. In the same breath, some people were sold in Mahomes. I Kansas know, City Sa- trade up to get him. If can city did it, the same Saints Saints thing gonna really, get him. The Saints, yeah. So I mean, look, what do scouts but, get paid for if not to be badass talent evaluators? Right. And yeah, you're gonna miss. But, like, you got to hit, what, like, an elite scout probably hits, what, like, 60, 65% of the time? Yeah.
1: No, I, I understand that. You are completely right. The scout should get criticized. But, like, criticizing the gym for that just seems a little silly to me. It's like, that's so revisionist history. Trubisky was a consensus top eight quarterback, like top eight player in that draft. And
0: yes, was it? Yeah, I guess he,
1: he wasn't because no one thought he'd go that high. But like, what did he even do at North Carolina? He had a little bit of. He Daniel was good Jones. At North Carolina. He had in a my opinion, bit of Daniel he, Jones. To, I, to better okay, Daniel Jones. I because my brother's UNC like like commit, so like I was I watched a lot of UNC and like I shit. Think, he
0: had Larry Fedora in the LSU coaching search, so maybe you're right.
1: <laughs> Trubisky like had some bad teams that he made some good stuff happen. I was a Trubisky guy.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what, Larry Fedora's yeah, Larry Fedora. Look at what happened to him post. Mitch Trubisky. So, yeah. uh, this is longer than I thought we were going to spend on Trubisky. Your point is fair. We're coming with the benefit of hindsight. But what is sports talk if not giving people shit for making bad I like decisions to bring with it the back benefit to of hindsight? Um, like, what are we doing here, Brody? What are you talking about? It's fun to make fun wait, of Brian Pace and the, the Bears best- <laughs> for giving all that up oh, it was a when terrible the trade. NFL
1: MVP and then Deshaun Watson <laughs> get picked way behind him. It's an inexcusable trade. That's why I'm a team. I'm team never trade up. But, um... Anyway, the, we never even got I was literally bringing up oh, Seth. Oh, but then what about the Chiefs? They traded up and that worked out great for him. I'm just saying, I think if you look <laughs> at the long history, I don't think it works. No. Uh, <laughs> the same trade up for Alvin Kamara. And no, the, I agree. When you get I should say trade up heavily for the first round, That should be an identifier. Um, but the reason I even brought up Seth is that no he quick thing he pointed out, he was like to me, he was like I it looked like they were also being really simple with the routes they were running, like in the red zone they were just sticking to the same things and not really getting creative yeah. with that. Anyway, that's all I just Because
0: they knew they could win the one-on-ones. Right? Like they knew that if they it's it's the iran thing. It's a Big Ten mentality. They knew that if they just lined up and kinda of ran some basic stuff that they would be athletic enough to win yeah. those battles. And they were. My favorite play of the game before we move on. The uh Derek Dillon touchdown was so freaking nice by Burrow, bro. Scrambling around. And that play shows his growth pocket navigation, yep. keeping the eyes downfield, shades of the Texas game throwing off a one foot, like yep. weird thr- launch angles. And uh and just dropped it in the basket like That's perfect. To hit a full Derek Dylan's very fast. Did hit a full speed Derek Dillon in stride in this tiny little window in the back of the end zone is absolutely spectacular.
1: No, you're right. That is and that plays the best example, the best like quick example of how much Burrow's grown because it's it's the build, how much better he's got at moving around under pressure. Yeah. He's he's by the way, this is the craziest set on earth, but I just have to drop it again because yeah, it, it's it, so bonkers. It, it. For also from Sports Info Solutions. Joe Burrow leads the country in on-target percentage when unpressured, right? 92%. That's insane. He's on target 92% of the time when he's unpressured. Damn. What makes him a ro- an alien is that he also leads the country in under-pressured uh, on-target percentage. He's like yeah. 82% when under pressure. Wow. That is frightening. And then you saw – and the other thing he improved most on this offseason was footwork. That footwork moving around that pocket and getting that, that space on the outside and setting to make that throw. I'm not a quarterback guru, but that looked flawless.
0: Yeah. No, uh, it yeah, I mean – and. Joe Burrows now the leader in the Heisman race. So um, wow, those those under pressure numbers are really insane. Like that's what do you do if you're a defensive coordinator? What do you what do you prioritize? How do you get him? How do you make him feel uncomfortable? Nobody and that's a perfect yet. setup
1: for Auburn. Yes,
0: because this Auburn defense. Uh, would we agree that this is the best defense LSU will face all year?
1: <sighs> that's a great question because I mean I thought Florida was and. And it, it's just... I
0: guess the accepted stock line on this, from other, from just sources, or not sources, just from reading journalists who cover the teams, is that um, that Auburn's front seven is definitely the strongest. Maybe Florida's secondary is better, right? Like, like I know that, like what well, I've yeah. always you heard... said best defense, right? Yes, yes. What what, what I've always heard is that. Auburn's stronger up the middle defensively than okay. Florida was. Florida's has bit stronger on the edges. Yeah. And Florida's probably stronger in the secondary, but that Auburn's front seven may be the best in the yeah. country.
1: And Auburn's front four, I don't think anyone in the country is arguing that's the best front four in college.
0: Okay, football. okay, okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I think we sure. agree on that. I wasn't, I wasn't, no, I'm saying I don't actually
1: have much of an opinion.
0: I, I don't really, I have not watched Auburn yet. That, I, I'm going to dive I mean, more into it. I mean,
1: it's the Auburn. same one as last year where it's Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson. I'm forgetting guys off the top of my head because I didn't prepare well enough. But I'm... I mean, to be fair,
0: the Auburn games that I watched are the Oregon game where they kicked ass yeah. and they shut down Herbert. What? And uh, the Florida game where they kicked ass and, I mean, they brutalized uh, Kyle Trask. And, and a lot of times with just four-man
1: rushes. And, okay, here's some of the football Outsiders stats on the Auburn defensive line just to give you reference. Uh on line yards and line yards is basically a measure of like it gives credit to the offensive line for the first you know like three to five yards and it gives the running back more credit for the later yards so it's a way of studying like kind of really in the trenches Auburn is number 10 in the country in line yards allowed number uh five in the country in opportunity rate allowed which is just how often you get the yardage you should on a play uh it's number 31 in stuff rate in the country number 39 in sack rate across the country and those numbers, but for a, there's not many defensive lines that are that consistently across the top at everything. Pretty much only Wisconsin might be better across the line at everything. Yeah. Them. So I mean, this Auburn defensive line is frightening. It's also not a bad secondary at all, and this is going to be a fun test. So
0: okay, so how do you then? How do i as as I'm scrolling through Shay Dixon's Twitter looking for this tweet? How do you then reconcile that? Where you just read with how similar LSU and Auburn's defenses are. Because just from a statistical standpoint, this is where it gets kind of weird. So, right now, um, if you look at, at, at the two defenses, yards per game, this is kind of wild. Yards per game. LSU, 319.4. Auburn, 319. Yeah. Plays on the year. LSU, 474. Auburn, 476. Yeah. Rush yards. LSU, 653. Auburn, 660. Seven yard difference. Pass yards. LSU, 1583. Auburn, 1573. Total yards. LSU's given up 2,236. Auburn's given up 2,233. I mean, a three yard. So I guess just it's wild that this Auburn defense feels or is talked about as so much more dominant. But just from a, a more traditional statistical standpoint, like that picture makes it look like they're very similar.
1: I guess my first response would be, I think, probably week to week, Auburn's face better defenses and better offenses. Okay. Start the season with Oregon, Justin Herbert, which I mean, Oregon's offense has been incredible, but that's a good quarterback. Then you go to Tulane, that's a good offense. Then you got Texas A&M, you know, that's a better SEC offense than like LSU's lower SEC offense yeah, have been, you know definitely. what I mean? Uh Mississippi State both have played Florida both have played than Arkansas. I mean, I just think like week to week they might have played slightly better offenses, um, but it's probably I'm, I could be wrong. Um, well,
0: I mean, Oregon's a big one there. A uh, and A&M, M's a good offense. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know,
1: but I don't know. I don't know. The I think the big difference is LSU is better at turnovers creating havoc. So they, you know, LSU I think is I want to say like top twenty in havoc rate, which is a combination of deflections, tackles for loss, fumbles, forced interceptions, all that. So LSU's pretty good at that. LSU's
0: been cranking up the turnover machine. <laughs> they have like kind of. Uh, They've had, I believe, uh, s- secretly.
1: Yeah, they have. Uh, I think they had seven in about five halves at one point. So wow. Uh, I don't know how, if they had any in the second half, but yeah. The yeah, so,
0: second half. I mean, everybody knew what
1: was going on. <laughs> exactly. This game.
0: The writing was on the
1: wall. Um, Let's get out of here. LSU I would have
0: even taken out Burrow, maybe even a
1: LSU has one of the best run defenses in the entire country. Yeah. So so that's
0: okay. So but they haven't just, faced a
1: great rushing offense. They have placed. They have faced zero good rushing offenses.
0: Well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Vanderbilt had a good running back. No, I was gonna say, I guess Georgia Southern doesn't really. They've been bad this year because oh, have they been bad this year? They're not good. Also, um, it's such it's 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 because it is a little gimmicky. It's not really. I don't know if that's a great cipher to judge like against other more traditional running
1: teams. And then Utah State's not a good offense as much as like Jordan Love's incredible, but that's not a good offense. And then. You know, Vanderbilt had a great running back, but that's not a good offense. Florida couldn't run the ball. Florida's not a good running running team. They're a great passing team right now. They haven't faced a good running offense, and that's not to criticize it because LSU's been dominant against the run. So give the credit where it's due there.
0: Yeah, so in case you're wondering, and that's why bird's eye view, this does look like a good matchup for LSU because from the stats, now as Birdie said, the context maybe changes a bit, but no. from the pure numbers, it looks like where Auburn's strong, LSU is strong, and where Auburn's weak, LSU is strong yeah. to take advantage of because Auburn, they lead the SEC 240 rushing per game, 20 scores. Well, uh, LSU gives up 93 yards per game on the ground, which is second. And 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 the temptation there is to be like, oh, well, you know, they're jumping out to these leads and teams are just not able to run the ball as much. And partially that is true. Like, I can't remember exactly, but if you look at attempts against, um, LSU's not had the most runs against them. But if you then bear down into a per carry LSU is the only team in the FCC with a sub three yards per carry. They're only allowing 2.8 yards yep. per carry right now.
1: Um, so something's got to give there. And Auburn's not far behind. 3.07. Uh, yeah, and Auburn's right
0: there. To be fair, Auburn's run defense is great. But that's the problem is that Auburn's weaker in the past. Yes. At least against yeah. the numbers, right? They've given up 2.24. They're ninth in the SEC there. And obviously, LSU feels like, well, if you're weak against the past, they're going to take advantage of you, especially with the return of Terrace Marshall. So, so what do you think? I mean, do you think that Auburn? That do you think that you can shut down this this rushing attack from Auburn?
1: I do think so. With uh, you're you're deep enough on the front seven right now. You can you can, I think if you commit to taking away the run, you probably have enough faith in the secondary to you know cause some turnovers and whatnot, even without you know putting big pass numbers back there. I do think they can take advantage of that. I don't know. I
0: think I think that one guy I'm really interested to talk to this week. Cause I love talking to him every week. Is Cole Kublik. Yeah, 100%. And he has great breakdowns of the, what goes on in the trenches. I feel stupid and, talking about And Yeah, I know. Me too. And he hasn't been that high on Auburn's offensive line this entire year. Which I, now, I found he came really interesting. Him. Yeah, he came around a bit pre-Florida game, and I think he kind of bailed again a little bit after
1: Well, the they game. haven't been good by most statistics, which is why I was surprised by why Ed Ogeron was like, this is the best offensive line we face faced this year. I
0: don't know okay, but
1: speaking, okay, so speaking of the they're context, fine I, I shouldn't say they' well, speaking
0: good. of the context of the season, though, what good o lines has LSU faced this year? none, right, I mean, well, Tech, well Texas, Texas played Texas, well, but you't yeah. we think it
1: would be, so Texas played well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, the only one
0: Cosme caused me bald out for sure, for sure, but um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, no, so that's a good point, so like Auburn could not be great and still be the best o line, yeah,
1: and, yeah, I am really interested to hear Cole's thoughts on it because I haven't watched Auburn's offensive line too closely, but no. I mean. Florida had its way with it.
0: Yes, they did, and um, and well, you saw you saw what they ended up doing. I don't know. I wonder. Uh, I, I like you know what? I know. I mean, I, I'm gonna say it. I I, I do actually like Caleb Vaughn and Divinity on the outside being able to win the one on one to take advantage. I think Caleb Vaughn looked uh, looked great this last game,
1: um, and this is probably another game where you might want to actually play some base. You know, some of that they've been playing a little more base now that you putting DaVinny back on the outside. Like we're saying, if you want to take away the run and just fluster Nix, I think playing some two outside linebackers, two traditional outside linebackers might be a good idea.
0: Yeah, Nix is – yeah, what what, what do you think about Bo Nix? Is Bo Nix red like – I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be really good too eventually. I just think it is way too much of an ask to have him come into Tiger Stadium uh, in this hostile crowd against this defense – with the offensive pressure that I believe that LSU is going to apply, like I just don't see how Bo Nix keeps face.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's had moments. Like Mississippi State game, he looked fantastic. And he's had some other games where he's looked pretty efficient. In Arkansas, 12-17, 176 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that's a good game. 215 quarterback rating. I mean, he's had, he's had moments where he looks great, and he has moments where he looks like a complete game manager, which is probably can be boiled up to you're a f- true freshman starting in the SEC. Yeah. So you don't know which one you're going to get. I think if he goes conservative, LSU will win. And, and if they go aggressive, LSU's probably going to force some turnovers. I mean, I give LSU a firm advantage against Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's and also if you can take away the run, you can really have success.
0: Yeah. It. And that's that's every Gus Mouse on offense, right? If he can't run the ball, he's, he's going to struggle. Um, There's a reason why LSU opened up as the large favorites that they did. And uh, that's because from a matchup standpoint, this just seems very tough on Auburn. Um, So what do do you think about... I'm trying to think about the other intriguing matchups in this game. Um, I, I do think this is another game where, like the Florida game, the main focus is on the offensive line. The offensive line's ability to block Auburn will ultimately decide how, how all of this goes. Here we go. What do you think about the return
1: of Terrace Marshall? It matters in the red zone a lot. Yeah. And it matters in spreading out a secondary a lot. I think, you know, I'm not sure Terrace Marshall will be the Terrace Marshall who can cut and, you know, maybe be the factor in the middle of the field. But I know Terrace Marshall, even with this with this injury from what yeah. I've gathered, can still get off and take a burst downfield. That spreads out of defense quite a bit. So, I mean, I think it's going to open things up and for for Jefferson, Moss, and Chase, I think it's going to— in the red zone, you can't understate. I think that is one of the factors and some slight red zone struggles is it helps having that 6'4", 200, I don't know, 20-pound body there. That's a pretty—that's that's relevant. So, I mean, yeah, I think— uh, It shows what a matchup
0: nightmare uh, this LSU offense presents right now. Like, Jefferson and Chase are already enough of a problem, and then you throw in Thad Moss— who looks like a mismatch if he's on any linebacker or safety? You get Clyde Edwards Elaer coming out of the backfield, lining up on the outside when when he has to. And then so it's like, you account for all these other weapons, and now you have to worry about Terrace Marshall again—the guy who was uh, leading the nation in touchdowns when he went down. Like it, from a defensive coordinator standpoint, where do you dedicate your resources? Like know. you can't. And I think you almost just have to play base and let like just one guy win his one-on-one and beat you but that sucks too because it feels like you're just kind of inevitably accepting your fate yeah and you're like okay well maybe if we get to Burrow but then how do you get to Burrow because if you add guys to the rush uh, as you said under pressure like I'd like to see those numbers specifically I'd like to see Burrow's numbers specifically against the Blitz if you can hit up your (laughs) your analytics guys because like to me just watching it's felt like this year when teams have tried to do that he has made them pay so, like, okay, you want to hang back? and you only want to rush four? Well, he's proven that he's made team pay in that regard, too. Like, there doesn't seem any any great way to get Burrow off of his game. So, he can't commit to guarding any single receiver. This isn't like, if I'm game-playing for the Saints now, I'm doing everything I can to not let Mike Thomas beat me. Yeah. Now, now to be fair, Sean Payton has still been able to, like, have Mike Thomas be great. But, trying everything I can, like, okay, you want to shut down Jamar Chase. Well, Justin Jefferson's
1: going to kill you. Which they started doing, by the way. Talked to Jamar Chase about it yesterday, and he was like, I'm, yeah, this week was the first time I saw it, but you're starting to see those safeties come down and just double team him.
0: Okay, so bragging him, great, and then so what? You're not, and then so you're gonna, you're gonna have safety help there. Well, then who's yep. got the help for Terrace Marshall, and then who's got the help for Justin Jefferson? Like this offense just presents such a, and and obviously maybe this is all just self evident because like, duh, they're uh, number one in the country and like everything basically. But but this offense, I just don't know how I would attack them in positive defensive court. The only way yeah. I still think in, in is for your front four to just kick ass and be able to get to Burrow very yeah. quickly. And as much as
1: we said Florida can do that, Auburn is the team that can do that. Auburn has just four guys on the defensive line that can do that. You would think we'll see. Yeah. What, so I mean that's the best set. But I think LSU's best move is you gotta because Aub, Auburn's going to keep it. Auburn historically, Kevin Steele, he's going to keep it pretty conservative. He's gonna beat You with this defensive line. I, uh, Justin Ferguson, my colleague at the Athletic who covers Auburn, does a great job. He, um, he did say that he, uh, in his, in his breakdown on Sunday about previewing this matchup, you know, they do all they do like doing those green dog blitzes that Mississippi State did where they, you know, if they see clock, yeah. But I think the way you beat Auburn is you go, you spread five wide quite often and you, and you make them show if they're doing zoner man because you know, because you can't hide it when you do that. And I think that's how you take advantage because now if you have Marshall back, you flat out will be in one-on-ones and win those battles.
0: Exactly, man. Uh, test are secondary. That's the weakness of their defense. Um, give Burrow options to get rid of the ball quickly. It's been a little interesting sometimes here recently where they've been keeping a couple guys more in protection. He doesn't always have that emergency valve. But as you said, I think that's almost more just putting things on film. Okay, uh, as, we, as we come near the end here um, – you wrote an article about K-York and we didn't even mention him because if that, that that to me is the sole concern with this team right now. Punting looks great. Kickoffs look great. Um the punt return game still waiting for its moment, but it looks like it's in way better hands in this year. Yeah. Um offense great. Defense we talked about it a lot, but you know, still very good. So like the only problem where maybe you're I don't know if bad's the right word, but k look, looks like he's getting the yips a little bit. And, and it's been a gradual process where you didn't kick a field goal for a while after Texas, but you saw the extra points getting a little weird and then yep. you hear Herb Street last game against Florida talking about how bad he was in warm-ups, missing left, and then the game comes and he shanks it left, and then I make jokes about how I wish Elsie would stall out in the red zone more to get K-Jork practice, and well, lo and behold, it happens, and the kicks just got sketchier as the game went on, ultimately culminating in a missed extra point. So That's, what do you think the situation with Cade York is right
1: now? It's, I think it's a really interesting one. And, you know, I talked to Zach Von Rosenberg at length about this yesterday. And he's he's this holder and he's also a punter. So he can both, you know, he can vouch for yes. both the mental aspects of some kicking things and also holding for him. And it sounds like, by the way, Blake Ferguson and Von Rosenberg have almost been like his dads because they're two of the oldest guys on the team. Of just like, they're really this invested. It's dad
0: couple. I'm into it.
1: They're like very invested in trying to really get him on the right track, and obviously Greg McMahon. But anyway, Von Rosenberg had some fascinating... I mean, Von
0: Rosenberg's older than you, right? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. So
1: yeah. He's got four years on me.
0: That's
1: so funny. <laughs> he's twenty-nine. Um, oh
0: my God, he's my—he's eleven
1: years older than Cade York.
0: Oh my God, so he is his dad. He could be <laughs> he his could, dad. Yeah, just depends almost. when he hits puberty,
1: I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry, wow. Yeah. But we talked it's at like, sixth grade and me. really, he was saying that you know. Going through the Texas game, everything, because so much about kicking, this is what we talked about at length, the number one thing he's got to figure out is his process. And that's what Cole Tracy was a master at. He had a perfect he's process. A he had down to a tee. All the great kickers do. Justin Tucker's the one the best at it. And you see Justin Tucker throw a fit when he doesn't get his time, like when he doesn't get to do everything he wants to do when he goes to kick. So, yeah. and he was saying everything going up to the Texas game was perfect. And then something happened, maybe, he, and Von Roseburg wasn't sure what happened. Maybe it was a practice thing. Maybe it was some different mm. situations thrown his way. But something got a little weird, and it got out of his process. And then, then you're trying to figure out your process, and maybe that makes it even harder because now you're trying to play with it. Now you're getting in your head more. And, you know, one person said to me off the record uh, – well, not – he said anonymously, I should say that, – uh, that, you know, he was saying a lot of it's just maturation. You know, and he pointed out that one person said – Cole Tracy came to LSU as a fifth-year product. Yeah, no doubt. But guess what? Cole Tracy had his freshman and sophomore years where he missed a lot of kicks to get. The, he had got that out of his system yeah. and learned. And you know, you look at Cole Tracy's sophomore year, really his third year because he was a redshirt. He he missed. He was nineteen of twenty-nine. He was under. Oh wow. He was under sixty-six. He was under two-thirds. Like, wow. And he, he, you have to learn those things. And he was saying, I think he's like, like the person said, I don't think Cade York's immature at all. You just have to. Learn those things. But it is a problem, and you can't ignore that, just because I think we will be fine in the long run. It is a problem. He's really trying to get those things down. They're messing with, you know. Uh, von Rosberg's now saying maybe he should get his steps faster because he wonders if maybe his steps are a little too slow and that he's getting in his head because his steps are too slow in his process. Yeah, I
0: mean, you kind of wish they'd landed on a uh, I on think, just a process. By but now. I think they had
1: one, and I think he got messed up, which is why. And I think the best line in that story is Von Rosberg saying it is a – Fickle, actually, I forget the line. But he's like, it's a fickle thing. Yeah. Right? It is just a strange, that's what it is, a strange, fickle thing. And it can just get messed up. And if you have one little thing off before you get that plant foot down, you are ruined. And I think that's what's going on here. They're experimenting with, uh, Blake Ferguson is big on telling the guys to have what he calls kicker thoughts, I think, or kicking thoughts which is like a, a positive.
0: How did Blake Ferguson learn this? That he's
1: like the ultimate
0: deep snapper. Did he go to like kicking psychology? He's been psychology? around a
1: long time. I like, did
0: he go to like kicking psychology school?
1: Like like so... Well, he probably got it from like his brother or from yeah, Cole. So what are, what are also, I think calls? Cole, I think he might got it from Cole. That's true. But it's basically just like a positive thought you have right before you, you know, go through the kick. So it might be you know, a happy, like it might be a crowd cheering. Wow, so it's
0: <laughs> the literal it's, it's a a happy, happy Gilmore technique, which
1: is hilarious because I have a <laughs> I have a quote from my profile of York in August where him and his dad would watch Happy Gilmore and say, "You got to find your happy place," oh, and then I literally this happens. I'm like, wow. Are you kidding? But and the best part was Zach von Rosenberg. He did tell me privately, but he wouldn't say what his uh, his kicking thought is. But he said he did not want it disclosed. <laughs> I'll tell you off air. But,
0: oh man, I, okay, I'm excited <laughs> to hear what. But I'm say. anyway,
1: so the point is, they're just doing a lot of finicking right now to get his process right and. Before, I'll turn to you. But the last thing I'll say is, no, no, in the grand no, scheme of things, well,
0: you continue. You're, you're you
1: wrote the article. In the grand scheme of things, it isn't that bad. You know, he's 43 of 45 on PATs. Two PATs, no matter what, are mat are bad, and anyone will get really mad at you before that. And that's he is at the bottom of nearly like he a hundredth in percentage. But at the same time, LSU's fourth in the country in touchdowns. So like he's he taking more more opportunities. Yeah, I'm not defend I'm just playing devil's advocate there. And then he 10 of 12 on field goals, which isn't great. But it's not, it's not bad at all.
0: No, no, no. But it's the way it's looked, it's which is your content- point. Yeah, it's yeah. the content and of him like banking the one
1: end. And it's all been the past 4 or 5 weeks. Yeah. So it's Well,
0: and and that's the thing. It's not that his body of work is bad. It's uh like a stock market. It's where's it trending, right? And and stocks started super high, selling right. like crazy out the gate this kids. Great. Uh buy now, he's got I mean, you're never going to even worry about Cole Tracy. You're moving right on. And it's almost been this reality check of like, oh, it's just not that easy, and the stocks have been dipping a little bit. Yeah. But I'm not selling. I'm going to sit on my no, stock. Yeah, yeah, hey, this to is the worst time up. to sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then Ogeron, I thought it was very smart that Ogeron, uh, backed him, backed him because I mean, a lot of people are trying to position him. You know, are you looking at anybody else? You doing this, you have to be very careful with kicker psychology. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really interesting answer. And you got you got to roll with your guy. You can't you can't be bailing right now, especially if you think he is your best option long term. It's not really a position where you can kind of go with the hot hand and then go back to the other guy. Like, if you bench Cade York, I I almost feel like there's not exaggeration. You could almost risk doing permanent damage to his psyche and to his confidence. So, and for
1: better or for worse, you're rolling with Cade York. Yeah. And I, I did I did find that answer really interesting that you know he brought that up and he said like. I am gonna be really hard on him, and I'm gonna hold him accountable, and he needs to show me what's going wrong. And I asked John York, his uh, Cade's dad, about that. And he was like, "That's what I want." He's like, "He's like, I will go to, I will fight for my son any day, but at the same time, I am gonna hold my kid accountable." And he's yeah. like, "And he's like, I want him to do that." So, and he said, "Oh, and McMahon have been incredible with Cade." So, yeah.
0: And if anybody's seen it through the years, Greg McMahon has seen it. He's I mean, seen it all McMahon has been in the game forever. So uh, that's the one thing that else she has got to watch out for really going forward right now. It looks like the, the, the biggest weakness. And um, and I guess also a sign of time that a guy who's 10 to 12 on the year could be viewed as the one. biggest weakness. <laughs> it is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> what blessed times we live in. Brody Miller. Um, all right, so final predictions. As I, I know that neither of us has our full Auburn opinions fully fleshed out this early in the week. But do you have a feeling on how this
1: weekend's game goes? I would just be really I, – I, I'd be really surprised if LSU lost this game. Yeah. Um, I go LSU by 17.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, man, lockstep. It's just it's the same thing as the Florida game.
1: Um, At least Florida, I totally could have seen a scenario. I could have very much seen scenarios where they caused some turnovers, caused some issues, caused some havoc. Dan Mullen did what he did.
0: I guess it's fair because Florida was so strong on the edge um, – and it. with, like, guys like C.J. Henderson and stuff, you thought, like, okay, maybe those are the guys that can, like, now they did not at all, but maybe they could bring the receiver. Like, Florida from a matchup standpoint, yeah, true. Yeah. yes. You you thought that Florida maybe could stop the LSU and offense. that was without Terrence Marshall. And so, Exactly, right? So when that doesn't happen, then who are we to sit here and say that Auburn's going to be able to stop? Do you, like, I know Auburn's defense is good, but when push comes to
1: shove, I would be a fool not to give LSU's offense the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you go down it. And you brought this up earlier, but all right, Auburn's passing game—I give LSU the advantage there against Bo Nicks. Yeah, Auburn's run game—they'll get theirs, but LSU's run game is pretty great. I think they'll keep it under control. They don't expect Auburn yeah. to move at Will LSU's passing game—I give LSU the advantage there. Yeah. Um, by the way, I give Auburn advantage in a pass rush versus the offensive line category, sure. But then the the whole picture—I think Burrow will get Burrow can handle even
0: that. that though is interesting though. Yeah, because are we giving like? are we giving the offensive line they just due?
1: Oh, I think LSU can hold their own. I'm just saying if you if you're looking at on paper advantage point of view. Yeah. I'm giving I'm going to give Auburn. it's not an insult to LSU. No, it's, no, it's not It's an really not. At all. It's, it's not. just Auburn's really good. I'll give them a slight advantage. And then in the run game that's the only way I could see this being really tricky is if they take out the run if Auburn can take out the run game so much which wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: The problem is though with LSU is or, or the, the problem with that for Auburn is, um, is that this is a team in LSU that truly passes to open up the run. Yes. So if the pass game is working by extension. Then you the might run you don't game, even need the run, or like you don't need it, or it will work to the extent that it needs to because it has to because like you yeah. can't commit to stopping the run if you're desperately trying to stop well, borrowing the receivers could. from throwing everything.
1: Auburn can because those front four.
0: Okay, I see what you're saying.
1: But still, no. The point stands that LSU might not even need to run. You know, like. Yeah. So, I think LSU wins this one by, like, 17. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think there's a reason why Vegas opened where it is. Plus, It's um, moving down,
1: man. That's weird. Let's not. Let's uh, move down from as high as minus 12.5 to 10 at some books. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean. And Pinnacle's the one who's down at 10. is known as, like, the sharpest sports book. They're the most in tune with. You know, I mean, they're usually the best, most trusted. I guess the interesting thing
0: will be to
1: see whether or not it rubber bands
0: back because the day of LSU gonna- rubber banded pretty hard on Florida back up. Uh, yeah, you'll, probably, you'll see some buyback yeah. but like about like half a point or a point so um, I guess the one thing to me too you can't put a number on this but Bo Nix coming into that environment it's going to be brutal. It's just going to be brutal. It's going to be so loud. I know he played in swamp and he played in the big game in the opener. But quite frankly, he looked bad in both those games. 100%. And so, like, I mean, he's probably going to look bad again in this one. Yeah. If I had to guess. Could agree more. Wow. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this week's Hold That Podcast podcast.
1: Go to A Bear Specialty Meats. Yeah, that's right. Oh. That was my first time doing
0: Specifically that. Specifically on
1: Jefferson. On Jefferson. That's what I was And
0: in Man, I'm kind of tired
1: you some coffee? Where are you going to go?
0: I had some coffee. i got to go break down film for a room full of
1: business people.
0: What? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, got sucked into filling in for Gordy on something.
1: You're breaking out film for business people?
0: Yeah, it's some lunch that they do where Gordy breaks down film for them, but he's out today, so they're bringing me in. Damn, I want to go to this. Uh, Do you want to come? Feel free. I mean, I don't. Yeah, exactly. As you shake your head now. Yeah. I don't want to go at all, <laughs> yeah. um, but let's do it. Sign up for The Athletic, Athletic.com. If you like sports talk, sports writing, sports coverage, without ads, with very talented writers, The Athletic is for you. All right, everybody have a great day, and we'll see you on the other side of this Auburn game. Hold that podcast, In which we'll be podcast. talking about
1: Bama for the next two
0: weeks. H-T-P-P, oh, I'm not ready for it. Go Tucker.